Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, my name is Dusty Slay and I am your host and I'm here with my wife and co-host Hannah Hogan. Hey. All right, well we're pumped to be here. Uh, we've had a, a good week. I've had uh, the weekend off of comedy. I did not travel anywhere. I did not do comedy. First one I've had in a while and it feels good. I've been trying to plan a weekend off every month just so I'm not gone quite so much. You know, I have a baby daughter and I like to see my family. So I try to not be on the road every weekend. For years and years, that's what I've done. Just work the road every weekend. Used to be when we started this podcast, Hannah would also be working the road as well. So sometimes together, but a lot of times we'd go off on our own uh, and do different things. And that's where we came up with the where we've been, where we're going segment, because we would both come in and talk about our weekends. Very exciting stuff. So now uh, I'm just working the road. So we still do the where we've been, where we're going, even though it's really just where I've been, where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Now I'm spending your money. Yeah. But we, um, um, uh, where where have I been, though? I, I've been nowhere, but I did Zanies on Monday. I did new material night at Zanies on Monday. I did a bunch of new jokes, and it did not go that well, but it felt really fun. I've been headlining a lot. I've been doing a lot of headlining sets to where I go out, and everybody that's in the audience at least know. They may not know me, but they at least know that I am who the show is about. But it's kind of fun to go up. You know, just in the showcase style and just try a bunch of new jokes, even when they don't go that well. It was really fun and I liked it. And if you're, if you live in Nashville, New Material Night, they do that most every Monday at Zany's in Nashville. And it's really great. Uh, you never know what you'll see. I don't think it costs very much, but there's usually some nice drop ins of other comics, bigger comics. Um, you know, this week, me and Mike Vecchione out of New York City did it. Mike Vecchione, who has a special coming out on Friday. Very funny. Very nice guy. I've always liked Mike. We did the Edmonton Comedy Festival in uh, Edmonton, Alberta in 2019, I believe. Very fun. And where am I going? And then, oh, and then I, last night I had my show at Zany's, Dusty Slay's grand old comedy show. And it was great. A lot of fun. Had, uh, you know, friends, uh, Drew Harrison, uh, Patrick Devine, Will Abels, and John Christ did a spot. So it's great. My show's a lot of fun. I did also did, for some reason, I took my set from Monday, which did not go that well, in my opinion. I didn't bomb, but it was like... When you're used to doing these jokes that you know and they work really well and then you do brand new jokes, it's typically not going to go as well. Um, so for some reason, I was like, well, I did that on Monday. I'll just open with that on uh, my for my show, a cold open with jokes that I don't think work that well. And it was kind of a failure. And also Hannah's uh, I did this joke. And it's based off something that I talked about on the podcast last week, but it's kind of a combination of things where I say I had this guy, and you know this if you listened to the podcast last week, but I had a guy doing a project for me, and he kept delaying things. And then finally he said, oh, I won't be able to do it this week. My uncle died. And I'm like, uncle? 
You know, if it's your, you know, your mom or dad, yeah, take off work. But your uncle, we got to get it done. You know, I had an uncle that was dead for a year and a half before I even knew he was dead. Right. I was like, you can't take off work for an uncle. And the joke went okay. And then I went in the back and I realized that Hannah's aunt and uncle from Canada were down and were at the show last night. So I did, <laughs> did, I did this kind of like uncle bashing bit. <laughs> so I had to go back out and I said to the audience, I just realized that my wife's uncle may be in the audience. So uncles are great. Uh, so they're coming over later today. We've not had, uh, aside from Hannah's dad, we've not had any, you know, Canadians come down and visit us. So it's very exciting stuff. It is exciting. Yeah. We got it. We feel like we need to roll out the southernness. Yeah. And, you know, her uncle lives on her uh, parent, her grandparents' family farm. Yes. So we've gone deep into Peterborough. I don't even know. It's a different part. It's not Peterborough, is it? It's it's Keene. Keene. We've gone deep into Keene in the middle of a, quite a snowstorm. Not a storm, but quite a bit of snow uh, to see them a couple of times. That's where I rode my first snowmobile. Uh, I got dressed up in a little hockey gear. Uh, tobogganing. Tobogganing. All very fun stuff. Tobogganing, by the way, if you're, you know, Southern like me, uh, Grew up in Alabama. We called a toboggan a like a snow hat, like a like a beanie, or like a you know that kind of thing. But they call a toboggan a sled, or like they call a sled a toboggan. So it's pretty bizarre how twisted that is. I mean, I'm sure being that it's a winter thing, the Canadians have it right. Um, But we called our like beanies toboggans. What do you call those? A winter hat? Toques. A toque. Yeah. So that's pretty bizarre to me. You know, another thing, we were ta- we've were we been talking about school and stuff, and I noticed that you say grade one, grade two, and we will say first grade or second grade. Mm-hmm. And then you also put, when you do the date, you do day, month, year. Yeah. And we do month, day, year. I get so confused when I'm filling stuff out in America because – a lot of times, you know, the first two are just two blanks. So I'm always like, ah, am I putting the month here or am I putting the date here? And some people say, you know, it really makes a lot more sense Canadian because you're doing, you're going from smallest, like month, a day is the smallest, then month, then year. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like if you're going March 2nd of 2023 or something like that. I don't know. I don't know why people do the things they do. But uh, I just think that's interesting. So where am I going? I am going. um, Oh, and I appreciate everybody coming out to my show at Zanies. My show, uh, the last, I don't know, 10 or so have been sold out. And at one point I was considering canceling it for because there was such low turnout. So the fact that it's been consistently selling out is amazing. Uh, I appreciate it. And I uh, will be going to. Petoskey, Michigan, Grand or uh, Bay Harbor, Michigan. I, I hear a very nice kind of resort area of Michigan, but it's still going to be cold up there. So I'm not. I'm only going to go up for a day. I'm flying up on Saturday, doing the show, flying home Sunday. So I'm in and out. Um, 
but I hear it's very nice. I do wish that I had like a weekend up there, but I don't want to just stay the weekend if I'm just doing one show. But Maybe you can do some tobogganing. Maybe I can. I'll have to pack you a toque. Pack me a toque for tobogganing, yeah. Uh, but the um, um, – so that'll be fun. And then after that, I'm going to um, – Denver to Comedy Works downtown. I've never done so the next weekend I'll be going to Denver Comedy Works and I've never done the downtown club. My very first weekend as a feature, I featured for Josh Blue, who's from Denver, and he told me all about Comedy Works and how great of a club it was. And since then I've done Comedy Works South a couple of times, but never downtown. And uh so finally, um, you know. Uh, when that would have been 2014, almost 10 years later, after working with Josh Blue and him telling me about it, I will be doing Denver Comedy Works downtown. Praise God. So that's exciting. It is exciting. Uh, and we wanted to start this week with an email that we got based on some um, things that we said last week. We talked a little bit. Hannah was saying I was doing a lot of frittering out in the out in the yard and what, and, and Hannah has even admitted, she said, I don't think frittering is the word, but what was the word that you said you thought you were using? Dithering. Dithering. Yeah. So I don't know what dithering means, but we got an email here and in the email, the subject line is puttering is the word you want. Hi, Dusty and Hannah. Out in the yard, Dusty isn't frittering, he's puttering. Frittering means wasting your time, money, or energy. Puttering, on the other hand, means, well, doing exactly what Dusty is doing out in the yard, building his wooden box, or planting things, or just standing there surveying the surroundings. It means doing something just for the fun of doing it. Puttering is one of life's great pleasures. It's a time-honored tradition of gardeners. That's excellent feedback, and I appreciate it. And, and, and then she goes on. Greatly enjoyed the last couple of podcasts. Hannah was a delightful co-host. I agree. Dusty's adventures are a great slice of Americana. Oh, there's just no other example of Americana than this man here. So I wanted to, you know, say thank you for that email. It's very nice. We appreciate it. Uh, I do read all the emails. I like them. I appreciate it. Sometimes people come at me, but most of it, even those I like. A lady did leave me a comment today, though, a negative one on YouTube. I'd like to read it. All right. You know, you I, wouldn't be an American if you didn't. You know, I like to read a negative comment once oh, in a while. Oh, you love it. And you love to respond back. I might have lost it, though, to be mm. honest. Can you paraphrase? Well, I'd rather not. Because it's critical of me, so I'd rather just go ahead and get it right. Okay. Let's see. I bet I can find it. Oh, here's a, here it is. This this lady's named Ann Smith, and I'll say the name because it's public public comment. And she was negative to me. Dusty, when you I think she's saying wave. It says wake. Dusty, when you wave and close your hand at the end of the joke, it annoys me. Also, in past videos, I've noticed nervous hand gestures, which also annoys me. I know the hand gesture is your thing, but please stop doing it. It probably annoys other people too. <laughs> and I said, hey, Ann, this, com <laughs> hey, Ann. Hey, Ann, this comment annoys me. And then I gave her a little wave emoji. <laughs> yeah. It's like, lady, all right, if you're annoyed by it, 
uh, there's a lot of comedians. You know what I mean? Go find. She's like, I know it's your thing, but stop doing it. you know what and she's allowed to feel like that she is allowed to feel like that and i don't i'm not mad at her but she's letting me know things that annoy her about me so i'm letting her know (laughs) things that annoy me about her yeah and the only thing i know about her is that she left that comment yeah she could be a very pleasant person otherwise i don't know but she is uh, she should just listen to audio versions of me that's the best way for my hand gestures to not annoy you is to just listen to an audio mm-hmm. a version of me. I have two albums out that you can, you can listen. They're both on Spotify and on YouTube. Yeah. And you know what? Her comment annoyed me too. So yeah. that makes two of us. And yeah. so yeah. you're just annoying. And um, yeah, you know, and I don't, I mean, I appreciate Anne watching the video. I appreciate her. Why? And I get it. I mean, my hands are all over the place when I'm on stage, but I don't care. I think it's very fun, you know, because I'm like, uh, I, <laughs> I said, I'm like the Joe Cocker of comedy. You know what I mean? You ever seen Joe Cocker sing? <laughs> yeah. His hands get wild too. Yeah. So. I will say though, I think you and Ann have something in common, which is that you get annoyed easily. And you know this because of the way you react when anything is loose in a car. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I hate when I'm driving in the car and I turn the corner and some cans are rattling or some some change is under a cup in the in the center console and it's rattling the or, whole time. Or even just the windshield wiper is on. Yeah, when the windshield wiper is on and there's no rain on the windshield and it's going, I can't even do the noise. It's just scraping across the windshield. I was actually in the car with someone driving me to do press. I was working a club and they were the club manager, so I didn't want to say anything. But I mean, we were driving and, and, and the windshield wipers were just on. The rain was long gone and they just kept dragging across the windshield. And I'm like, how long can we possibly let this go on? How does it not bother the driver of this car right now that this screeching, scraping across the windshield just continues to go on? It's like, I mean, even if there's like a little bit of rain, just I like to just turn the windshield wipers off, manually do it as it as it needed. But this just scraping across the windshield all day. I don't know how people tolerate it. That's very Anne-esque. I mean, I don't think so. Because, you know, I have to be in that car. Anne chooses to watch the comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. You know, but I I think that, um, you know, like my dad will get in the car and not fasten the seatbelt. The first time... Uh, and then the dinging just goes, ding, 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 ding. I have to go, hey, that's you. Put your seatbelt on. But, you know, one time we, years ago, in about 2015, I was, me and Hannah had just started dating. And I was working um, the comedy club in Kansas City, Missouri. I had never done that club, the improv in Kansas City. I was very new to these type of gigs. I mean, I didn't really, I'd never did a club until 2013. Interestingly enough, Right now, we're going through the 40th anniversary of Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville. They've been around for 40 years. And in 2013, 
was the first time I ever did Zanies and the first time I ever really did comedy at a club. I had done some stuff here and there, uh, maybe an open mic or whatever, but never really done a show at a club. I showed up to Zanies. I had gotten in. Somebody got me in. And they came, I was supposed to do 20 minutes, I was supposed to feature, do 20 minutes clean. And they came out and it was for opening for Pablo Francisco. And for whatever reason, they said the host did not show up. It's never happened in the entire time I've been doing comedy at Zany's, the last 10 years. Uh, But it happened that night. So they said, can you host and can you do 30? Right. And I had never done a comedy club, but I had been doing comedy up until that point for about five years. So I had a bunch of jokes. So I was like, yes, I can. And, th- and I felt I always felt like this was a great lesson to me. It's like because they needed me to work clean. I had the clean material and I had tons of jokes. So I was ready. I didn't even know what hosting meant necessarily. I didn't know what it entailed, but I was like, yes, of course I can do it. And, and they said it is the 30th anniversary of Zanies. So, you know, mention that out there. And I went out there. I had a great set. I really crushed. I felt so good uh, about my comedy. Pablo Francisco loved my jokes. He was talking to me about my jokes. It was just really great. And that was the 30th anniversary. Now Zanies is going through the 40th anniversary. So I've been performing at that club for 10 years. Mm, That's awesome. Very exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. So in 2015, I'm just starting to, and that, that was, so that was the first time I ever did a club 2013. So here we are, I'm getting club dates here and there, but 2015, I start working the improvs and the funny bones. I did an audition in Columbus, Ohio, got, got, got passed. So now I'm I'm going out there and I just started dating Hannah and she's going on the road with me and she's just traveling around with me. So we're just hanging out. So I, uh, so we drove out to Kansas City. Matter of fact, this might have been the very first trip you came down. Yeah. You left Canada with me. We went to Spring Lake, Michigan and did a funny business gig. And then we went down to Merrillville, Indiana to do a club called Wisecrackers. You came down, spent the week in Nashville. We went downtown on Broadway. We did that. And then we drove together out to Kansas City. And then you flew home from there. Yeah. So we get there and I'm opening for Ari Spears, who I'd never met, but I used to watch on Mad TV. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, And we get there to the hotel and the club has said they will pick us up. Now, I didn't really think about it that I'm just, you know, I'm a comic out here just taking my girlfriend around to all the shows. I mean, because she did comedy too, right? So we're just hanging. But we get down, they come to the hotel to pick us up in like a a black Lincoln four-door sedan. Very nice car. Um, And the the driver is just talking, me and Hannah and and the driver just talking. We're laughing. We're having a good time. And then Aries comes down and he seems mad. He seems not very happy. And I had not met him, so I don't know. I did not know that that's just kind of how he is. He's just not, doesn't, he was always very nice to me, but just doesn't seem like a very happy guy. So we get in the car. It gets pretty quiet. We've been laughing, having a good time, and now it's pretty quiet and serious. So me and Hannah, so Aries gets up front. So me and Hannah get in the back. And the whole way, now it's only about a 10-minute drive, but the whole way to the club, 
Aerie Spears won't put his seatbelt on and it just goes ding, 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 ding. And I don't know if he had headphones in or what, but nobody told him. We just rode with the dinging. I mean, me and Hannah were in the back. Like it was like you're in the car and your dad has just gotten mad at everyone. And now you don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say that was a killer weekend. Uh, working with Aries is pretty interesting because he does really long sets. And I used to think it was so long, but now that I'm doing longer and longer sets myself, it doesn't really seem that long. But he would do, you know, typically a comedy show is 90 minutes and he would do a full 90 minutes himself. We had a host who was at least doing 10 and I was doing about 20. So, you know, you're looking at a show that's, uh, you know, two hours or longer. Yeah, about two hours. Which, he crushed, too. Which is not on, on out of the, you know, it's not. It's not crazy, but to me at the time, I was used to doing a 30-minute set and then the headliner doing 45 and we getting out of there. Um, so, yeah, he did great. He crushed all weekend. I crushed too. It was a really fun weekend. Uh, and But Aries would always like smoke a cigarette in the green room right before he went up on stage. He wouldn't even smoke the whole thing. He would just light the cigarette, smoke about half of it, and throw it into whatever container. Even if there was an ashtray, he would throw it in some cup of water. But I ended up featuring for him three times, and uh, I liked him. He was never very nice to me, but he was never rude to me. You know? He liked you. I mean, he came up to me that weekend and was praising a few of your jokes to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I we got along just fine. Uh, but, he, you know, he's just not, he just was not a super friendly guy. And you know what? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. And um, so, um, so that, yeah. So I don't know I, even how I got led down the Well, road. I was my, talking about annoying things in the car. Oh, yeah. But my dad, yeah, he would. So we thought, uh, so this, this week, I have, for years and years, I've been, um, when, when I did, I guess it was 2000. 18, I went on the road with Burt Kreischer. I did a uh, a bus tour with him. Now, I, I worked with him one time before, and he asked me to go on the bus tour with him. He said, I'm doing my first theater tour, and now he's doing like many stadiums. But he's like, I'm doing my first little theater tour, and would you want to you know, do some dates? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So we went on the bus. We did the tour bus, and we went to uh, – we started in Toronto. I flew to Toronto. We um, – did three shows there, I think. One the first night, two the second night. I went and hung out with Hannah's brother in Toronto. We had lunch together um, before we moved to China. We had lunch together at my Sushi on Bloor there in, in Toronto, which is great. Um, quick very, lunch. Very quick lunch. I traveled all the way across town. I navigated subways and cities, where which does not make me comfortable. And we had lunch, and he goes, all right, well, this was great. I mean, it was like, I'm talking 30 minutes. And we get along just fine. There was not, we weren't not, it wasn't an awkward lunch. We, we were enjoying each other, but he's just not a, he doesn't waste a lot of time. The Hogans are on a schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was great. Uh, and then we went on up to Ottawa. And while we were up in Ottawa, Bert asked me, did I want to go to the sauna? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I've never done that before, but that sounds fun. So we went and did the sauna and I was like, this is what I've been looking for. I love the sauna. And then we, after Ottawa, we drove on down to uh, Indianapolis. We did a long trip from Ottawa to Indianapolis, but we're on the tour bus. So we basically just slept the whole time. It's amazing. 
Um, and I did, we did the sauna again in Indianapolis. And since that time, I've, I've really been seeking out saunas. I'll go to a sauna here and there. I did one in Atlanta. I did a float tank in Atlanta one time. I think it's called Floasis. Uh, I did a float tank and I did the, um, the sauna first. So I sat in the sauna for about 20 minutes and then did the float tank. And it's amazing. I mean, that was quite an experience. I did those two things. The guy gave me a CBD drink, and then I went over to the punchline and had the worst show I've ever had there. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so my ch- and it wasn't because of me. It was a, just a small turnout. This was probably 2019. Small turnout, uh, just awkward, awkward. A, a lady, a girl yelled at me. She was, I think she was on pills and a little bit drunk, and she was disrupted the whole show. But there was only a few people there. So I was like, I don't really want to kick them out. So I tried to be fun with her. But by the end of the show, she was so inebriated. I was like, I basically said to the audience and to the crowd, I've done my time, but I will do some more jokes, but I need this person to be quiet or leave. And so they got it. So she kind of left on her own, but was yelling and cussing and uh, I forget the cu- cuss word she yelled at me. I had it on film and I was going to put it on the internet, but I, I actually was like, this is so uncomfortable looking. I, I clearly am unhappy on stage that I was like, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I've been chasing the sauna. I like the sauna, but it's hard to find. And then, you, you know, it costs every time you do it. And, and, you know, usually you have to end up driving somewhere to do a sauna. So you have this nice relaxing experience. You get all sweaty and then you have to put your clothes on, get in the car and drive home in some traffic where you undo all your relaxation. So I started looking at saunas. Now, when I when it came time to order, I ordered pretty quick, but I looked for them for a little while. I, I looked at various ones. I followed people on Instagram that, that, that you know, talked about the health benefits of saunas and how great they are for you. I had a friend named Luke who built a sauna and he wanted to show me how to build one. Um, This is something I've been talking and thinking about for a long time. So I finally found one and I bought a sauna. Well, this is news to me because as far as I know, you came home from the road on a Sunday and said, I want to get a sauna. And then by Wednesday, you had bought one. And it was about the most impulsive thing I'd ever seen you do. Well, it just hit me. I just started seeing people talk about the real health benefits of the sauna. And I just thought, you know what? That's what I want. So I got it. and I had to have the um, electrician come out and install a special plug. And I set it up in the garage. And I've saunaed for the last two days. And I love it. What goes on with you when you're in there? Well, I, you know, it's got Bluetooth on there, so I just able to hook up my Spotify and I just play what I what they say is like 432 megahertz music, which is just this this peace and tranquility type music that just plays. I mean, I'm all about it. Listen, there was a time before I really dove into the drinking in in my early 20s, I was really into this whole I don't want to say Buddhism, but I was into this whole idea. I actually like Buddhism. Now I'm a I'm a Christian, right? And so I don't get into Buddhism. 
but I like a lot of the aspects of it, the meditation, the, the, because to me, meditation, prayer, it should be really one in the same you, because when you pray, you can, you know, you, I feel like we're kind of trained to just, uh, praying is talking. We go, we sit down, we talk to God, however we do it, we get on our knees, we hold our hands together, we go into a closet, whatever we do. I feel like at least my life growing up, we're kind of trained to just talk. Praying is talking. Um, and I think there is, you know, the Bible tells us to meditate on God's word. So you can pray in meditation. You pray and then you just you just almost like sit with God, right? Uh, which is hard to do because our mind is powerful. So you can be like, all right, I'm going to sit with God. And the next thing you know, you're off thinking about, the next wooden box you want to build on the land, you know, but this for, but in my early twenties, I got into like, I would go to these stores like, um, uh, there's a store like this in the mall, but you know, you go in and they have like incense burning and they have mm. the little wooden figurines with the straw hair. And they have, um, this music playing like Buddhist music or, or native American music. And everybody that works there is a real hippie. And I mean, you could buy beaded necklaces. I bought like this kind of woven hat that I was wearing for a little while. Like I had long hair back then. I felt like I was like a Rastafarian dude. I was really getting into it. I had a corduroy jacket that I used to wear. I mean, I had a whole vibe going. I had a two megapixel digital camera, which was state of the art at the time. And I'd go around, I'd take a lot of pictures. You were writing poetry too. I was writing poetry. I was like, I was getting into it. I was in that vibe. Drinking took a hold of me and I would still uh, write some poetry as a drinker, you know, uh, and I would still, you know, be into that stuff. But as, as, as drinking went along and technology advanced, cell phones came. And then I, next thing you know, I'm a pesticide salesman and I'm full-time and I'm holding down a career and I'm trying to manage a 401k. And I'm like, what's happened? Where did all my peace and tranquility go? That's why this song by Josh Garrels called, uh, don't wait for me. Uh, when I quit drinking was my real anthem for a minute. It's a Christian song, but it's amazing. Josh Garrels, Don't Wait For Me. I think I played it before. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, because I, I gained my life back and I gained all that artsiness back. So now it's like I'm coming into... I feel like I'm coming full circle with it now. Now I've got now because I completely reorganized the garage because me and Hannah never had a garage. We never had garages growing up. I had a garage growing Did up. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, you made me, I was under the impression that you didn't have a garage. I had garages in all three homes that I lived with in before I moved out. Well, that's interesting because you made it seem like you never had a garage. I've never had a garage as an adult. Okay. I've lived in apartments and uh, low rent squat houses. Yes. Okay. So I've never had an adult. A garage as an adult. Heck, I didn't get my license till I was 30. Not that people use their garages for cars. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the apartment you were living in when I met you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I, um, you know, I was living in a city and I was an actress. I was living in Toronto and I was an actress. And, you know, I pretty much would move every year for one reason or another, I'd end up moving. And, you know, it's Toronto, it's expensive. So I'm always trying to not spend a lot of money. And I, I'm, I'm frugal. I'm not cheap, but I'm frugal. 
And uh, my friend, her brother had an office in a great location, Bathurst and Bloor. And she said, look, we can- Great location. Yeah. Great location, Bathurst and Bloor. It's called the Annex in Toronto. And um, and she said, hey, you know, we could move into his office. There's just uh, no shower there right now, but we could install a shower and we could just live here. So we did. We moved in and uh, my room was on the Bathurst side, which uh, a streetcar goes by 24 hours a day. Nonstop. Yeah. And, um, but you know, at this point I had been living like this little hippie actress for so long that this was just like run of the mill for me. So this wasn't weird. Really, it took Dusty to come into my life to point out that some of these things were were not great. But um, so, you know, I lived in this apartment uh, when I met Dusty. And maybe you should just describe it. Well, I liked it. I, w- I did like it. But it's like you go, you're walking down the street and then you go into this door. There's you, no lock. You go up a stairwell and then you go into this, like what used to be an office. They had, they did, had no stove. They had a hot plate. And a mini fridge. And a mini fridge. And I also had just discovered that in Canada, they do bags of milk instead of cartons or jugs. Yeah. And they had eggs just on the counter, not refrigerated, which was a foreign concept to me now. I do realize that you can do, it was a foreign concept to me then. I realize that you can do that now. That was, that was uh, my roommate said that that was fine. And they had made their own shower, which was, you know, pretty innovative, um, well, we didn't make it. We had a person come in and install it. Okay. Yeah, we didn't install it ourselves. We didn't have any, you know, washer and dryer, but that's pretty typical of, you know, just living in an apartment. But we didn't have any um, lock on our door. But what we did have that was already in the apartment when we moved in was old streetcar seats that were all connected, kind of like movie theater seats. And so at night, we would just push this heavy metal seating across the door so that people couldn't come in. And um, and, then- and we started doing that because a couple times um, folks, men and women, would come to our door at night looking for drugs. So I don't know what her brother was doing or what this place had turned into, you know, while he wasn't using it as an office. But, uh, you know, I think it was somewhat of a squat house or a place of gathering for people to do drugs. The stairs entered in through the kitchen. And then if you went uh, to Hannah's room, Hannah's room was facing the street. So it's a great view. You just look out the window and you got like you're just looking down at the Toronto street. But I don't think they had air conditioner. So the window stayed open. And then all night, the streetcar just. That's also not. weird that we didn't have air conditioning. I'm not like, criticizing I, this place. Something I, just, I didn't grow up with was an air conditioner. Yeah, I'm not criticizing this place. I'm just describing it. And then out the back was, the, I go out the back, it was her roommate's room, but you could go through there and then out on the roof. And we mm-hmm. could go out on the roof and smoke, smoke cigars or cigarettes. Yeah, I got a yeah. fun picture of you smoking a cigarette. On yeah, that, it was like, it was a cool place to be if you're in your 20s, which is what I was. And yeah. And, um, but what I realized, and oh, I also didn't own a bed. Now I had not owned a bed in quite some time, but what I did have was a pallet. She had a mattress sitting on top of a pallet on the floor. Yeah. And that was kind of how I was rocking for several years. And like I said, it wasn't that I was, you know, without funds. I just, you know, when you move once a year and you don't drive and and you're moving around a city, it just becomes a real hassle to 
to, to move like big pieces of furniture. So I really just didn't own a lot of stuff, lost a bed to another apartment because I got bed bugs and just never got a bed frame after that. And then, so, you know, when Dusty kind of came into my world, you know, I was telling him I was this actress in Canada and I'd been on all these TV shows and, you know, I was paying my way. I had a little bit of money, like I never wanted for anything. So I'm thinking Dusty thinks, Oh, this little Canadian girl, she's she's doing pretty well from herself. But then he sees this kind of squat house that I'm living in, and he's probably thinking he's a bit catfished. To be honest, I had no thought about it. Um, right. I was probably living in an attic apartment myself here in Nashville mm -hmm. at that same time. So it did not even affect me at all. But you know, you're such a sweetheart because you did come into my apartment and you said you need locks on your door because you're true American and you're all about locks on a door. <laughs> yeah. Um, and blinds on the window. Yeah. And blinds on the window, which I also did not have. Um, so we went down there to home hardware in Canada, in Toronto, and we got some locks and dusty installed locks on my drawer and yeah. then, and then, you built know, you some shelves. Yeah. And built me some shelves. Yeah, you did. You came in and you organized. Yeah. I yeah. We fixed that. it up. Yeah. And so, so, you know, so we were both hippies and but, now you're coming into your hippiness with this song. I never, house. I never had a garage. You don't oh. have a lot of garages in the trailer park. And my dad has a, like a metal carport roof, but he doesn't have a garage. So I never had a garage. So we, when we moved here, we had two cars, two sedans, a Camry and a Corolla. So we could fit them both into the garage and we loved it. We were all about having them in the garage. But then we traded the Camry in and we got the truck. We got a Toyota Tacoma. So we can't really fit the Tacoma in the garage. You can get it in there, but it's tight. It's not comfortable, not really worth it. So we now have this space. So we've been trying to build some kind of gym workout area. Nothing crazy, but some dumbbells, a little workout bench. We got a treadmill and now the sauna. So this thing is all coming together to where we're having, I got, I got, Plants starting to grow out there in the garage. I got cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers. And uh, I got uh, beets. I got lots of stuff growing out there. And it's very exciting. We got garlic growing. Uh, Hannah's family that's coming today, they actually are garlic farmers, among other things. But they always leave us, to send us home with some garlic. Mm. So um, I'm excited for them to see my garlic growing. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you walked in the house this morning drenched. From the sauna, yeah. It's amazing. So I love the sauna. So, but in that rearranging of the garage and 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 we had, you know, and because of the sauna, I had to assemble the sauna myself. Um, my neighbor helped me a little bit in the end, but I did most of it myself. And uh, we had a ton of trash. So I had to figure out where to take it. So I found a trash dump in Nashville. Uh, because we're in we're in Hermitage, but we're still in Davidson County, so we have to go to uh, a trash dump for our zip code, which is Nashville. Davidson which is County Nashville. is Nashville. Yeah, so we went um, there, and and I was reading reviews for some reason on the trash dump, and everybody was just giving these amazing reviews about the trash dump, and I, people were even like, I don't even know why I'm reviewing a trash dump, but the lady was just so nice. And so I go there and I'm like, how nice could this lady really be? And so we get down there to the trash dump 
And I, I start asking her some questions and she is very nice. She comes out of the booth. She helps me with some things. She tells me where to put some things, this and that. She's very helpful. I was like, oh, that lady was really nice. And then I got home and I'm like, I actually have a bit more trash. I'd like to make one more run. So I made another run down there with this new load of trash. And then she was like, oh, the cardboard thing's full. You can't put any more cardboard in there. And then she like charged me 10 bucks to dump trash. I'm like, things have really changed since the last time I was here. (laughs) And uh, first time she charged me nothing. Now she's charging me 10 bucks. And so I dumped my trash and then I broke down all my cardboard until I got it all to fit into one box. And I kept seeing all these other people come throw cardboard in the cardboard thing. So I go up to the window and I'm just like, hey, this is my first time out here, really. I don't want to be breaking the rules of the trash dump. But I keep seeing people put cardboard in the thing and I can get mine in there. And she came out and looked at it and she did let me put it in there, but she did not seem happy about it. Did you leave a review? I did not leave a review. I don't know. I love to leave reviews, but I don't know why I would leave a review about the trash dump. Hmm. I don't think the trash dump is competing with other trash dumps. It might be. Maybe. But it was great. I mean, I'm I'm into the trash dump now. Mm-hmm. Um, so up, uh, we have, you know, no real neighbor updates. Our neighbors are still up to the same old things. Uh, Hannah went to our one neighbor's house that I got into the argument about with the fence and everything seems to be cool. Yeah, everything's cool. I actually saw him out in the yard the other day and he goes, what happened to summer? And, uh, and I, was <laughs> like, I was like, yes, we're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, so we talked about the weather a little bit. He laughed. He laughed at a part of my story that wasn't even the punchline. He's like, I don't know what he's saying. I'm just, I'm just trying to get back to small talk. It's like, mm. there used to be this old man named Gene Sims when I was growing up. When I was growing up in, where my dad lives, there was this old store called Larry Edge's Grocery, Edge's Grocery. And we used to go there all the time. It's closed. It's a shame. The Pen and Grill is still there, but Edge's Grocery is closed. And, um... We just go up there and get stuff. And sometimes there'd be this guy named Gene Sims hanging out up there. And he had only had one arm and he was always wearing coveralls. He said he got cut up with barbed wire and he got gangrene, had to get his arm cut off. And he would just be standing out there and he didn't have all his teeth. And he would just be talking. He reminds me of that. I don't know how familiar you are with Napoleon Dynamite, but that guy that comes over to shoot um, the cow so they can have some steaks. Uh, Lyle, I think might've been his name. And then they go do the work for him. They move all those chickens. And he's like, I forgot my checkbook. Hope you don't mind a pay in change. Uh, he reminded me of that guy, except he was even hard. Gene Sims was even harder to understand. So he would just talk and we would all just us little kids. We would just laugh, you know, but trying to be like, yeah, ha ha ha. You know, like agreeing with it. Cause we have no idea what he's saying, but we're trying to be fun. Um, so, um, I don't even, uh, Wow. That was quite a detour. Yeah. I don't know how I even started talking about Gene Sims. Just Jerry. Small talk with our neighbor. Yeah. I love small talk though. Small talk is really, you appreciate it the older you get because we, the, the heaviness of life continues to get heavier as you get older and what you need is just some breezy combo. Let's just keep it light out here. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I go from zero to a hundred. I'm like, I can small talk with you all day, 
But once we get past small talk, you better get ready because I got (laughs) I got stuff to say. I mean, I can small talk all day, but I don't know that most people. That's why parties are hard for me. I can breeze through a party like nobody's business. How you doing? Good to see you. What's going on? Oh, man, that's so great. But once it gets past that, I'm ready to talk about something and it can get deep quick. And most people aren't ready for that at a party. Yeah. Or or even just at, at Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah. They ain't I mean, ready for you. No, no, they're not ready. People aren't ready. I mean, because I have, you know, I'm very observant. I come in, I see things. And if I'm at somebody's house, and especially if they're a relative and I'm like, you know, I'll be like, you know, it'd really be a lot better in here if your couch was on this wall and your TV was on this wall. I mean, I'll get into that quick. And people hate that for some reason. But I'm like, I'm not telling you to get a new couch or a new TV. I'm just telling you how I got fresh eyes coming in here and I'm visualizing the way this room's set up. And I think if you'll try my way, it'll you'll end up being a lot more comfortable in here. Yeah, but they know if you say yes to that, then you're like, let me tell you how to manage your money. Well, well, let's 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 think about this, though. If they did what I said and moved it and they were like, wow, this is a lot better. And then I go, let me tell you how to manage your money. Maybe they should go. Maybe we'll give it a try. We'll just listen. We'll hear what you have to say. That's where I'm at with advice. If people want to give me advice, I'll hear it. I love to hear it. I may not do it, but I'll hear it. You know what? I am not a receptive person, but something I've always known about you and always admired and liked about you is you are so receptive to advice. Yeah. You're so open to, um, you know, help and even low-key criticism. Yeah. Well, that's why I like to read the comments too. I mean, I'll hear it. I like to hear what people are saying and what they're up to and what their complaints are. You know, I mean, um, you know, there's a guy that always comments about Nate Land, about me always making things about myself. And I'm like, you know, it's like, it's hard for me to not make things about myself because um, that's so much of what I'm doing for my job. And when I go up on stage and do stand up, it's like either I make the jokes about myself or they're about someone else. And I like to just make them about myself because, you know, I don't like to do self deprecation. I mean, I, I will have a, you know, slightly self-deprecating thing here and there, but I don't really, but I just, I find that it's easier to just tell jokes about myself, less people are, have their feelings hurt. People get annoyed by the hand gestures, but, uh, the content they, they like, um, uh, so, and then on podcasts, I do this podcast. I'm like, well, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about what I've been up to. Yeah. I'm going to talk about what I've been up to and what, uh, Uh, And then what's going on here and there. So then when I'm on a group podcast with other comics, it's sometimes hard to not go, ooh, that's an interesting story. Let me tell you a story that I have that relates to that. Because that feels like what we're doing on that podcast is we're bringing in our own ideas. But when people say things like that, I don't get my feelings hurt, but I will make a mental note and say, how can I... uh, go about how I interact on this podcast in a way that adds to it without making everything about myself. And I don't think I do that anyway, but I do think I do it a little bit. Yeah. And I have no doubt that you will, you know, integrate comments that you think are, um, that make sense. Yeah. And then others that are just, you know, needlessly hateful or pointless, then you just, you know, you just kind of let it filter out. Yeah. And I think another thing about the podcast, the Nate Land podcast, is that, you know, 
they, the three of those guys, I mean, they're all my friends, but they were established in a podcast for a hundred episodes. So they did a hundred episodes. Now I did, uh, let's say they did 97 without me. Cause I think I guessed it on three of those first a hundred, but you know, they did 97 podcasts without me. And then I joined. So it's, it's, you know, it takes a little time to get up in the mix, but now once I, now that I've just become a regular member, then I can just add, but you know, um, but I feel great. We just put out a land video, uh, episode one of our journey through the land. If you've not watched that, that's on YouTube. Um, it's, I don't know how many episodes we're going to make. Uh, the editor, the guy who's working on it for me says he thinks we could get four, maybe five out of it, out of the footage that we have. So we just want to kind of go, I don't want to drag it out too long, but we just kind of want to go through the steps of everything that we did all along the way to make this project come to life. And then once we get past those episodes, then I want to, you know, begin new projects out on the land that we can film. And, and then it's like, you're caught up, you know, where we're at. I mean, last year I was doing videos about planting seeds in a dirt hill. And this year I hope to, you know, really try to plant some seeds. We got some outdoor water spigots now. I think a lot of our trees are still alive. So it's, it's coming to life. Uh, it looks great out there. We got that bottom cleared out down there that you'll see on some of the videos coming up. Um, it's very exciting. I'm excited to what's going to happen. I'm actually, I don't even know. I'm, I've, I've tried to create a reality show about the land um, that uh, I hope someone will pick up one day. Um, but if they don't, I'll just create my own reality show. But lots of good stuff happening. Um, and I wanted to, I thought it would be fun. You know, I did a, I talked about Toby Keith on an episode of this podcast. And then the guy who has been editing some clips for me, uh, he clipped up about four reels, uh, or TikTok size videos of me talking about Toby Keith. And they got a lot of views. Uh, three of the four did really well. But I think a lot of it was because people seem to hate Toby Keith. I had no idea. They're like, actually, Toby Keith's a huge piece of crap in real life. And I and I had no idea. I don't know anything about Toby Keith. This is what I know about him. I used to see Toby Keith. My mom was a huge fan. He was in the, she was in the Toby Keith fan club. And um, I went to see Toby Keith at Opryland one time uh, when he sang the song Blue Moon. It was a new song unreleased. He said, this is a new song that I'm putting out on my next album. Um, and my mom loved Toby Keith. I got a shirt probably. I got a picture of me wearing a cowboy hat and a Toby Keith shirt, I think. Um, and I got a video where my mom, it's a home video. My mom, my mom used to set up these, um, Christmas scenes at Christmas, she would have these villages she would set up and then she would have the cotton that went all around on the ground for snow. And then she would have roads and cars and little people. She had a whole village and then she had a whole shelf that she would just line up with Santa Claus statues. She had all these little Santa Claus statues and she's videoing this with her VHS camcorder and she zooms in on the Santa Claus calendar and there's a framed picture of Toby Keith. So Toby Keith's been a part of our life. And I think Toby Keith is great. You know who else I think is great that I've just really realized? Now, I've always known he's great, but 
somebody, they never talk about him. Like they call George Strait the king and George Strait is great. But you know who they never really talk about? Alan Jackson. I know people love Alan Jackson. He's great. But you never hear when somebody goes, who's your favorite country singer? You never hear him go Alan Jackson. But Alan Jackson's incredible. He's got so many hits. And we were listening to that one album. Even Daisy was into it. I don't even think she understands a lot of music, at least at that time. She loved that Alan Jackson CD. I'll tell you what. We listened to that album for months. Yeah. It's great. It was just jam-packed with fun and just quality tunes. And I just heard a song the other day, uh, Alan Jackson's song, Everything I Love is Killing Me. He says, cigarettes, Jack Daniels, and caffeine. And I'm like, I feel you, man. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. I related to it, too. And it's like, it's just so great. I never got to meet Alan Jackson, but I'd love to. But, you know, doing the Opry and doing the kind of stuff that I have been able to do, I have got to meet a lot of my you know, country singers, uh, you know, growing up. And I got to meet Charlie Daniels in about 2019 at the Opry. And Charlie Daniels was one of my favorites. I mean, as a kid, I would say my two favorite country singers were Hank Williams Jr. and Charlie Daniels. I had the Charlie Daniels super hits uh, and it had Devil Went Down to Georgia on it, obviously. And that is a song, I think, these days is really played out. I mean, it's like we've done, we've heard Devil Went Down to Georgia so many times that it is just played out. But at that time, for me, it was not played out yet. And even the Dominique Mucciano, I don't know if that was who it was. I think it is Dominique Mucciano in the 1996 Summer Olympics gymnastics, her freestyle performance, she did to a uh, instrumental version of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, I bet that got you fired up. It was hot, especially considering those girls were about the same age as me. Oh, man, I loved it. It was oh, amazing. And it was in Atlanta, right? In Atlanta. Oof, Devil that's went exciting. Down. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was, you know, and then, of course, years later, you realize that trainer was like, you know, yeah, uh, being gross. And I'm like, it really ruins it because that was like, to me, it was like, that's America. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, that, that Olympic game when, when that girl, uh, Carrie Strug, Carrie Strug did that final, uh, vault mm-hmm. on a broke leg and landed upright. I mean, that trailer was rocking. Praise God. Lot eight Moore's trailer park was on fire that night. Oh yeah. I mean, it was wild. Ooh. So Charlie Daniels really became a part of my life. I had a Walkman and I had some big headphones. And I remember I was memorizing The Devil Went Down to Georgia. And at one point I could do, I could sing the whole song so fast. I could probably do it in about 30 seconds because I knew it so well. And uh, my mom's house as she lives in now, my, at the time we moved out of the trailer into this uh, log cabin house that she lives in now. And the second floor was just a loft. So I didn't have really any door or walls, really. And uh, I was just laying up there in the bed singing Charlie Daniels over and over again. And the devil went down to Georgia. And he has that line in there where he's like, I told you once, you son of a, you know. And he says son of a gun in the edited versions now. But back in the day, that's not what he said. Mm -hmm. So I was just singing that. And my mom told me the next morning, she goes, I heard you singing that Charlie Daniels song last night. Because apparently I was much louder than I thought. Um And that's how great Charlie Daniels was. I said, you know, I bet I said bitch 40 times and uh, (laughs) she wasn't even mad about it because, 
you know, I was learning a good old Charlie Daniel song. Well, your mama liked to sing too. Yeah, she did. Yeah, me and that's, you know, me and my mom used to ride around in the car and sing all the time. 90s country was where it was at, but my mom also liked Bon Jovi a lot. We used mm-hmm. to sing a lot of Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. She's a big Bon Jovi fan. Yeah, your mom's with it. Yeah. So to be able to meet Charlie Daniels really uh, meant a lot to me. It was really special to uh, meet this guy. Now, once I finally met him, I really had nothing to say to him because I'm so conscious of being an annoying like fanboy. It's like, what would I have to say to Charlie Daniels, a man who's heard it all? What would I even have to say to him? But I've always been a big fan, and it was really great to meet him, and I got to take a picture with him, and that's really fun. And I met a lot of people at the uh, – in fact, uh, you know, I followed a lot of musicians. The only musician that I've had a hard time following at the Opry is Neil McCoy. I don't know if people remember Neil McCoy. He, had a, he has had a good career. I mean, he had the song called The Shake. Uh, he had um, – Oh, he had so many. I got to look up Neil McCoy now because I'm not going to do him wrong by only remembering the shake. But that's all that's coming to my mind right now. Cool thing about Charlie Daniels, too, is he's had a real impact on our local community. He um, funded and is named after a huge recreational park in Mount Juliet called Charlie Daniels Park. And it is, I mean, people drive from all over Nashville to go to this play park. Yeah, Charlie Daniels uh, lived and is buried in Mount Juliet, which mm-hmm. is very close to us here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't recognize a lot of these songs. I think one is Wink. Oh, all she got to do is give me that Wink. Yeah. Wink and the Shake. What about this song? I bet I know it. Anyway, he's great. But what is... He does at the Opry. I mean, he was, he gets wild on stage. He goes out into the audience. He's making jokes. He's pretty entertaining. I mean, he is like full on entertainer. So I'm like, uh, you know, if I follow the square dancers, I'm pretty exciting at the Opry. In fact, every time I've done the Opry, I've been pretty exciting. But when you follow Neil McCoy, it's like, well, that guy just had jokes, entertainment, and songs. You just got jokes. Mm-hmm. Now, I did fine. I didn't bomb out there, but it was not uh, what I was hoping, and he's been the hardest for me to follow. Mm-hmm. So That's fine. That's yeah, healthy. I, I'm into it, and I met uh, John Conley. Now, I didn't get into John Conley. Growing up, I never listened to John Conley, and I don't know how that was missed. Uh, maybe he's a little older than 90s country, and we just didn't uh, – it wasn't being played on the radio. We didn't get get on the John Conley tip. But when I was selling pesticides, there was this guy that I used to work with. Uh, this guy was my friend. Uh, he, was, he was the same position as me, and he was a good friend of mine until he uh, turned on me and ratted me out to the boss. He would We would have long conversations about the boss, and he would, he would say – you know, really bad things about the boss. And then I would join in and say really bad things about the boss. And I don't have any, I don't have any proof that he did this, but I feel like he just turned and said everything that I said about the boss to the boss. But up until that point, we were great friends. He was from Mississippi. I really liked him. And he uh, liked the song by John Conley called Common Man. 
And he showed that song to me. And I love that song. Common Man by John Conley is one of the best. Now, the, there is one line that I don't like, and that's where he's, he's, his, his, his girlfriend or wife or whatever has taken him to this really fancy dinner, fancy place. Or, or I guess it's a, a new date or whatever. And he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, basically, he's like, let's get out of here. Let me drive us to McDonald's and talk to you about something you should really know. You know, I'm just a common man. And he's talking about McDonald's being like, this is the common man's food. This is how, this is fine for me. The reason I don't like it now is because I think McDonald's is poison. And uh, so I, I don't eat at McDonald's. So uh, I'm a common man. Uh, he says, I'm just a common man. I drive a common van. My dog ain't got a pedigree. If I had my way, I'm going to stay that way because high, uh, what does he say? Because high, highbrow people lose their sanity and a common man is what I'll be. And I just love the song. But um, that McDonald's line uh, ruins it for me a little bit. You know too much now. I know too much. Now, this song might have came out in the 70s, and maybe McDonald's back then was great. Um, but um, so I got to meet John Connolly. The first time I ever did the Opry, I met John Connolly, and that was very exciting. Uh, recently I met Clint Black at the Opry, uh, and Clint Black's been doing a lot of stuff lately for the Opry, been doing a lot of interviews and stuff. And I, yeah, I'd love to hang out with a guy. I mean, he seemed, we seem to get along well, but. You love to point out that you're friends with Clint Black when he <laughs> appears in movies and television. <laughs> we were watching Maverick the other day and you're like, oh, there's my buddy. And I'm like, What? Yeah, I mean, we're not really buddies, but I'd like to be. I like him, and we had a good time talking to each other at the uh, thing. And I asked, could I get a picture with him? And he actually seemed very excited that I wanted to get a picture with him. He said, you know, uh, I forget what he said, but he said something to the degree of like, yeah, I mean, I love, you know, I love to have my ego stroke too, you know, or whatever. And I guess it just meant something to him that I wanted to get my picture made with him. But Clint Black is great. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. um, years ago... And I'm just running through things. I, you know, it's like each week I'm like, uh, what am I going to talk about? So I'm always, I'm always just um, running through, uh, you know, things to talk about. And I thought since my Toby Keith clips went so well, I thought it might be fun to just kind of talk about some other country singers that I've met along the way. So I've got a longer list of country singers and other people that I've met, um, but I feel really great. I, I, I feel like there was another email that I wanted to read. Um, was it a hateful one? It wasn't a hateful one. Um, I mean, I've gotten some great ones. Um, oh, this was a good one. Uh, After listening to Nate Land for the second time, I guess it was time for me to listen to a new podcast. Yeah. Never, oh, here's one, a follow-up. Um uh, I mentioned my friend Jenny Pringle on an on an episode of where we where we uh, won the three on three stand up competition at um, uh, at Theater ninety nine and he said this says Dusty I live in Charleston and have been listening to your podcast uh, noticed the other day you mentioned winning an improv competition with Jenny Pringle uh, and Jenny Pringle is one of your team members. She is now Jenny, new last name, I assume a married name. I'm not going to say her new last name, but uh, she is now Jenny and teaches my son's second grade class. Mm -hmm. I told her you mentioned her and she sent me the attached picture I thought I would share. 
And it's uh, it's a pretty funny picture. It is after I quit drinking, but I have not quite lost all the weight. But you can see the picture here. I'm holding the trophy that's over there, and it's a fun pick. I'm also holding an American flag. Um, you darn right, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. I had some. I had a uh, uh, some couch surfers visiting me during that time. The guy was from England. The girl was from Switzerland. I think they were both living in England. And they were visiting me, and I sh it was so fun. I showed them all around Charleston, um, and they went to that improv competition and saw me win. And then we held our American flags out there, and they had a great trip. That is a trip they'll never forget. That is absolutely right. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys listening. I will comb through the emails and try to get some more emails read. I appreciate you sending them. I appreciate the reviews. Hannah said she's been looking at the reviews on the website or, or on the whatever for the podcast and say we've been getting a lot of reviews. I appreciate it. If you have time and you want to go on there, give us a five-star review. Uh, if you want to go on there and get real critical with it and figure out a way to give us a four-star or a three-star based on this or that, just don't do it. Uh, I'm not telling you that if you want to leave a three-star to leave a five-star, but I am saying if you want to leave a three, don't do it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But, you know, leave us a review. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I guess the idea is that you get more reviews and then you get you reach a bigger audience. Um, but I'm fine with the audience we have. I like this podcast and I like what's happening. I don't care how big it gets. This is a lot of fun. Comedy's going great. My life is great. I'm having a wonderful time. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're having a good time out here. I appreciate you guys. Uh, all right. We're having a good time. Thank you.